Once again, I'd like to uh, welcome you all here uh, to our online service, uh, to those in our own uh, church and to those that have been looking in over the last few weeks. Uh, you are most welcome, and especially to those who are joining us for the very first time this morning, I'd like to welcome you in Jesus' name. Can we pray together? Father, we uh, open our hearts to you this morning. We thank you for this uh, great day. Uh, we thank you for this great country we live in. We thank you for this city and this community. And Father, I pray for everyone that's watching in this morning. I pray that you would open hearts and that you would open minds and that you would bring people closer to you. And Father, to those that already know you, I pray, Father, that they would begin to see your great purpose for them. Father, we give you thanks in Jesus' name. Uh, the title of my message this morning is The Grace to Overcome. Uh, since the, uh, the shutdown, which is now uh, almost getting on to two months, uh, we have been talking about how God has been bringing us into an incredible new season in God. And one of the features of the season that I believe that we are coming into is that God is making available to his church and to his people the grace to overcome. Um, life is an incredible blessing that is given by God. And uh, at times it can be a struggle for some. In our increasingly post-truth era, which is uh, now becoming post-Christian, and maybe even to a fair degree anti-Christian, we will have our struggles. You will have your struggles, I will have mine, and corporately, we will have our struggles. Because we have a very real adversary, and we are in not only a clash of cultures, but we are in a clash of kingdoms. I want you to understand something this morning, that uh, the scripture in, one, in Colossians 1.13, it says that we have been translated from the kingdom of darkness... And we have been translated into the kingdom of God. And this happened in a moment. The moment that you receive Christ into your life, the Bible is saying we were transformed from the kingdom of darkness and into the kingdom of his dear son. This is an amazing thing that happened. It's like, um, you know, it was like you were just moved from one kingdom to another. Now, this morning, I want you to understand that there is actually a battle of three kingdoms going on. The kingdom of darkness, the kingdom of light, and then there is the kingdom of our own self. So as we go through our, our lives on planet Earth, there is the interaction and there is the struggle of these uh, three kingdoms. It pays to keep a balanced approach to life. In Ephesians chapter 1, the Apostle Paul says, and you've he heard me read this a few times over the last weeks, and uh, Paul says this, he says, Therefore I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints, do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom in the revelation of uh, in the revelation, in the knowledge of him, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling 
And what is the exceeding greatness of his power that works towards us? Let me explain this to you. This is very positive. In the same book of the Bible, the same writer says this, in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 16, make the most of every opportunity. Some versions say redeeming the time for the days are evil. Now this was written uh, nearly 2,000 years ago and the Apostle Paul was saying that the days were evil. He was saying he was delivering the positive and he was delivering the facts. And you know the facts are or the positives are is that God has given us a future. The reality is that we are in a spiritual war and the negative is that we need to be very cautious because the days are evil. Uh, so those days were quite something, but these days I believe we've taken evil to, an, to the next level. Although it's the same problems that we have from generation to generation in planet Earth. Paul spoke this to a people of faith who were endeavouring to fulfil their call and live honourably and advance the cause of Christ in an anti-God culture. You could in some ways compare the struggle they were having with the cultural wars that we are experiencing right now. So this is the fact. Battles you will have. Struggles you will have. Many of the struggles that we have are spiritual in nature. And it says in the, uh, it says in the scripture, in Ephesians chapter 6, it says, For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities and against powers and against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. So we see what is happening on planet Earth, but all around us there is an unseen realm. It's like a spirit world. And this is the reality that Paul is talking about. We must realise that if we are in Christ and he is in us, we are a new creation and that is positive and we need to realize the potential of what happened when God moved us from the kingdom of darkness and to the kingdom of his dear son. So it's like spiritually we move from one to the other but in our mind and in our emotions it's like we can still be back here and God wants to give us the victory. He wants us to walk in victory. He wants us to win in life. He wants us to overcome. And, you know, he has made grace available so that we can do exactly that. And that is the purpose of this message this morning, is to help you to realise, one, you are called to live a victorious life. Two, he has made his grace available, and now we can do something about this together. So we need to realise that, wow, we're in him. He's in us and now we are a new creation. The Bible makes it very clear that from the minute we receive Christ into our life, literally the Spirit of God has come to dwell on the inside of us. Now this is an amazing truth. In fact, Paul said in the scripture, you know, when he was writing to the church in Corinth, he said, don't you know that you are a temple of the Holy Ghost. In other words, 
you know, my body, your body is like a temple that is not made with hands. But when you are born again, when you begin to give your life over to Christ, that Christ comes to live on the inside of you. And now he has made your heart his home. If you begin to realize the potential of that, you begin to move into a more victorious realm of Christian living. So the Spirit of God has come to dwell on the inside. What a great truth that is. The Spirit of Christ is ultimately a victorious spirit. So when the Spirit of God comes to live on the inside as I walk with him and as I fellowship with him, as I pray with him, and you know, as we work together, his victorious spirit begins to work out through my life in everything I do. I want to say this this morning to encourage you. We may not win every battle, but we will certainly win the war. I want to say it again, we may not win every battle, but we will certainly win the war. And this is the thing, we never give up. We never give up on our faith. We never stop believing what Jesus did at the cross. We never stop realising that God now lives on the inside of me and that he has given me a, a, a future, he's given me a purpose and he has given me a hope. How good is that? So, uh, you know, it's not about religion, it's not about external things. What it is is now that God has come to live on the inside of me and I am a temple of the Holy Spirit. I just want you, wherever you are in your lounge rooms this morning, to say this after me. I am a temple of the Holy Spirit. The Spirit of God lives in me. I am now a new creation. I have a future because God lives in me. This is amazing. I want to talk about the grace to overcome. Sometimes there is a chronicness to people's problems. I said before, it is, you know, you will have your challenges, I will have challenge mine, and corporately we'll have ours. And sometimes there is a chronicness to people's problems. And this morning, what I want to do is I want to give you keys that are going to help you to overcome. And this is the grace to overcome. I have found this in the life of believers. I've been a pastor now for around 30 years. I've found this, that in the life of believers, it can be a cycle that many people will go well for a while. You know, it might be that they've come out of a very negative background and they can go well for a while and it is like there's something unseen that begins to pull them back to their old world. And it's like a cycle. And, and you know, you even see this pattern in the Old Testament where, you know, uh, God rose, raised up Moses and he powerfully, with signs and wonders and miracles, delivered the people of Israel from the bondage of Egypt and he released them with a promise and the purpose to bring them into the land of promise, which was the land of Canaan. Only 11 days walk if you went from one destination to another. Not far at all. But you know, the Bible tells a story about how there were giants in the land. 
and uh, in, the, in the land of promise. And the people of God were unable to enter into the promise because they'd been delivered, but they had not yet developed a mentality that would allow them to fulfill the promise. And the Bible tells how that 11-day journey, it was 40 years of wandering in the wilderness before a generation was raised up to enter into the fullness of what God had for them. And it's a bit like this with us because we can be a new creation. We can have God living on the inside of us. We can have a future. Maybe even many people have had uh, you know, powerful prophetic words over their life and visions of the future, but it is like when they're going forward, it's almost like our adversary, the devil, has, uh, you know, a leg rope on us and we are going forward and all of a sudden he pulls us back. And, you know, it's like there's a cycle of defeat there where we keep going back and back and back. And this is how the cycle works. We adopt a positive attitude and we'll say, I'll never fall again. And then we keep moving forward and we keep moving forward and we might be going forward for a couple of months and then we fall back into the same old slump. And this is the reality of Christian living. And God wants to extend his grace to you. And I want to say this to you this morning, that there is absolutely no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. None at all. We want to give you the keys to overcoming, the keys to winning, the keys to becoming better, the, beginning, the keys from moving to what I said there a couple of weeks ago, from being an ordinary believer to being a breakthrough believer. This is what God has for us. You know, when we become a Christian, he doesn't want us just to stay the same. But he has a purpose. And you know, as we fellowship with him, as we pray with him, as we worship him, there is like a transaction going on on the inside of us and we are becoming more and more and more like him every day. In 2 Corinthians 3.18, it says, But we, with unfailed face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed from, into the same image from glory to glory by the Spirit of the Lord. Can I explain what that means? It means every time we come to God, every time we turn to Him and we really begin to pray, every time we really connect with Him, Every time we really open our hearts up to him in worship, something is happening. It's like the old me ceases to exist. And God is, uh, you know, purposefully making me more and more like him. I'm becoming more and more like him as I move forward. And if we can get this concept, we can leave the negativity of our past we can leave our past failures and we can move towards a more successful and powerful destiny. And I think this is great news. So if you like, you can just say, wherever you are, amen. So we are able to access the grace, uh, you know, to overcome. You know, this wandering round and going forward and back is not what God has for us. Listen, sometimes we can feel totally overcome and we can entertain quitting have you ever felt like that where this is just too hard 
You know, I know at times, years ago, I was going through certain things and I thought, I just want to quit this. I knew that God had called me to it beyond a shadow of a doubt. But it was like the opposition, you know, the odds were stacked against me. I, I had to learn to grow as a leader. I had to learn to grow stronger. You know, I had to become more confident in what God had for me. And, uh, you know, I just want to admit before you today that at times I felt this is too hard. But the more I've followed him, the more I've seen him bring us through to a better place. You know, because the scripture says when you became a Christian, an incorruptible seed came onto the inside. This is the seed of salvation. And this is the seed of Christ. And if we will realize this, you know, this seed on the inside of us will grow to be something that is powerful and dynamic in our life. So the day that we became a Christian, that was not the end. That was the start of a prophetic journey that is going to take you continually from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light. And the more that you follow God, the more that you go after him, you will find that one day you are not getting pulled back there. I hope I've explained that okay, but this has been my experience. Hey, you would not believe it if you hadn't met me 30 years ago. I was timid and I was shy. I was afraid of what people thought. But you know what? As I've followed God, I have found this, that God backs me all the way because I'm given to him. And if you're like that, you just know that when you begin to step out in faith, that God's with you. And, you know, I feel like Jesus is my older brother. So you better not pick on me because Jesus is my older brother. Do you know what? It's actually biblical. Because in the Bible it says that Jesus was the firstborn of many brethren. You know, if we are a new creation... We are actually the, we are part of the family of God. We have been adopted into the family of God. God is our father. And the firstborn son is Jesus. By the way, he is the Lord of glory. He is the king of kings. He is the creator of the heavens and the earth. He is the son of God. He is the one that walked the earth as a man. He is as a sinless man and overcame the devil on the earth, on his battleground. He is the one that went to the cross. He is the one who shed his sinless blood for us to set the captives free. This is the one. He is the one that on the third day rose from the dead. He is the one who walked the earth as the risen Christ and then ascended into heaven. This is the God that we serve. This is the one that lives on the inside. How powerful and life-changing is that? I want to say you have the grace to overcome and you can access the grace of God because the God that I just spoke of is the one that lives on the inside of you. So, today I want to help you to understand that you have an overcoming spirit living on the inside of you. You cannot fail if you realise what is going on here. And what happened that day that you received Christ into your life? The grace to overcome is ever-present. It always has been present. But I believe... Uh, 
right now in this particular season, it is like in this time of lockdown, God is doing a huge download into the church of what we don't have. And he's making something available that is so powerful and life-changing if you can begin to access it. I wanted to say this this morning. In areas that you have continually failed, God is going to give you the grace and the keys to overcome. You are not a failure. I want to say it again. You are not a failure. You may have lost some battles in the past. You may have a bit of bark off here and there. You know, you may have made some dreadful mistakes, but if you really begin to hear what I'm saying and you begin to access the grace this morning, you can rise up out of your chairs this morning at the end of this and you can raise your hands to heaven and you can have a download into your heart that is life-changing. This is the Word of God and this is very, very exciting. Do you know what? You can change the patterns of continual defeat forever. Once and for all, Jesus died, shed his blood once and for all, it says. You know, he made a sacrifice for us once and for all. And when you begin to realize what Jesus did at the cross for you and what he did in the three days after and what happened when he ascended into the heavens, you will begin to win it in areas where you've continually had defeat before. You will win it once and for all. You know, I don't know whether you've not watched any of the old Rocky movies, but I love watching those movies, particularly where, you know, Rocky goes to Russia and he's taken on the big fella, Ivan Drago, and he is an indefeatable foe. But do you know what happens? An incredible fight and the, it is like David overcomes Goliath. And this is a picture I have in my mind for you, for me and for the church. Do you know what? Don't worry about what opposition you have. Don't worry about what people say about you. Don't worry about what authority figures said about you in the past, what your father said, what your teacher said, or what anyone else said. It's what God says that counts. And you know, I believe I'm preaching this this morning with a belief that if you can catch the impartation in your spirit, this is going to be a life-changing morning for you. Amen? So let me talk about our God for a minute. Our God is a God of the breakthrough. And if you go to Samuel uh, chapter 5, verse 20, uh, David came to a place, and it was like part of his prophetic journey where he's bringing the presence back to Zion. And there is a battle, and it is like the last battle, the last big battle that David had to have a breakthrough. And, you know, something happened there, something impossible, because David rose up again. And they named that place Belparazam, which means God of the breakthrough. You know, it's amazing as you begin to step out in faith and as you begin to move forward, sometimes it will look as though you have, you know, incredibly intimidating factors in front of you. Do you know what? I believe sometimes God has put those adversaries there. Sometimes God has put those enemies there. You know, it is like God put 
uh, Goliath right in the line of fire because he had always planned that David would rise to take the throne. Do you know what? The heart of David, this little shepherd boy, who was connected with the great God of heaven, was more than enough for Goliath and all his brothers and the whole of the Philistine army. Our God is God of the breakthrough. And if you see him out there and you're here, you know, and he's big God, you see yourself as being little and insignificant, there is a disconnect. But when we became Christians... We got translated from the kingdom of darkness and we got translated into the kingdom of light and me and God became one. And now I am a new creation and that is the truth for you. So when you come up against your Goliath and, and against things that oppose you in the spirit, if you realise how great your God is, you will begin to break through. I believe this is a church, a picture of the church in the nation. That the church in the nation has seen itself as insignificant. It's been locked into the realm of the natural zone. And it's like we have this cultural war coming against us. I tell you, we were made for this hour. Because we are the Davids of this generation. You know, I need to be a David to my people. And, and uh, to this uh, city and to this region. And, you know, you need to be a David to your family and, and wherever God puts you. Because if you can realize that, that the God of the breakthrough and you are now partners, then you can make a big difference in this world. I like this. I like talking about how great God is. And this is, I tell you what, where I get my confidence. Let me tell you about the God of the breakthrough. The God of the breakthrough of the Old Testament is uh, Jesus himself. Jesus said this in John chapter 16, verse 33. Listen to this, this is amazing. He says to his disciples, These things I have spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have peace tribulation but be of good cheer I have overcome the world Jesus said this he said it to his disciples and he's saying it to every real Christian this morning that you just uh, in me you will have peace in the world you will have stress you'll have struggles you'll have uh, you know people come against you try and destroy your reputation You'll have people at work that harass you. You will uh, have people that are very difficult. People that try and take political advantage over you. You'll have all these things happen. But the gospel here is saying, but be of good cheer. You know, it's, it's not such a bad thing. And, and it's like this. My big brother, Jesus, my Lord, the Lord of glory, he said, I have overcome the world. It's like he is leading the army through and he's opening it up. He's leading the way and he's saying, now follow me and do what I do. Do you see that? He said, I've overcome the world. Two, Jesus now challenges us to overcome. If we go to the book of Revelation, chapter 3, verse 21, Jesus is saying this to the church there. And he's talking about the future church now. 
And he says, to him who overcomes, will I grant to sit with me on my throne, as I also came and sat down with my father on his throne. Now when Jesus overcame the devil on the earth, when he went to the cross and shed his blood, on the third day when he rose again and he was ascended into heaven, do you know what happened? He overcame the world. He overcame death. He overcame the last enemy. The God that we serve is an absolute overcomer. There is nothing that can stop him. And now he lives on the inside of you. But he is saying to you this morning, to him that overcomes, will I grant for you to sit with me on my throne? This is why God puts battles and struggles on the in front of us because he wants you and me to learn how to become overcomers. You know, we need a few more Christians in the nation that have got more of this kind of attitude where they don't shy back from the Goliaths. They don't shy back from the uh, cultural madness of the day, but they're going, hey, I am God's man. You know, this is the challenge that God has put before us this morning, but he's calling his church to stand up like David and take down that Goliath. What do you think? This is what God wants to do. These are good days. So number one, Jesus overcame. He said, I've overcome the world. Now he's sending you the challenge and he's saying, now if you overcome the world, you'll come and sit with me on the throne beside me. Now this is really, if you understand the book of Ephesians, you will see this theme all the way through. Because right at the start, he says, we are blessed with everything in the spiritual, in the, with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. We're redeemed, we're adopted. You know, he, he makes a number of promises about your position and what it really means to be a Christian. And then in uh, Ephesians 2, he says that we, it says, we are seated with him in the heavenly places. This is our position. But we were raised in the kingdom of darkness. And when we became born again, we were translated into the kingdom of his dear son. But sometimes our mentality is back in the kingdom of darkness. So we struggle. This is where our struggle is. Number one, Jesus overcame the world. Number two, now he is saying to his church, he's putting the carrot in front of us and he's saying, if you, if you overcome, you will come and sit with me on my throne. This is a place of authority. This is a, pla a, a place of stature. This is a place of spiritual maturity. This is where God wants to come us through, if you want me to decode that. And the third thing it says is that we will overcome. You know, God is putting this word out to Christians all over, but there are many of them who are going to pick up the challenge and they're saying, I am going to be that man. I'm going to be that mother. I'm going to be that father. I'm going to be that young person. or I am going to overcome the world. In other words, the whole of the generation may be going down the pathway to all sorts of sin and, and craziness. But you have an overcoming spirit on the inside of you and that is going to empower you to walk the opposite way to the culture that you are being raised in. That 
is how God has called us to be. Jesus said, I have overcome the world. And this morning, God is releasing his grace into the hearts of the listeners so that all of the sudden you're going to be able to rise up and say, once and for all, I am going to win this in my life. Amen? So this is very powerful, and this is the gospel. So, in, uh, so Jesus overcame, now he's challenging us to overcome. And in Revelation 12, uh, verse 11, and they overcame him. This is the last book of the Bible. You know, the Bible is an amazing book. It's an epic journey of the spiritual, uh, you know, of the, of the battle between the spirit of darkness and the and the. And the uh, the kingdom of his dear son but at the end of the day the church of the living God rises into its place in victory do you know what it hap- this means it doesn't matter what happens around the world it really you know well it does but in an eternal sense God's going to win anyway and God's people are going to rise anyway do you know what it is amazing that the more and more that you persecute Christians and you oppose them, the more they'll rise. This is amazing. If you look through the book, the, the churches in the book of Revelation, there was two that Jesus was particularly happy with. One of them was the persecuted church and the other one was the faithful church. And, you know, if we are not faithful, we may be inviting some kind of persecution. But the point is, is that God wants us to rise up and overcome. I want you to think this morning, just right at this point, what is it that you are really struggling to overcome in your life? Because the grace is here right now, today, for you to rise above, for you to break through, for you to go for, to another level with your walk in God. Does that sound good? I want to give you some keys to uh, overcoming. Number one, this is a key. If you want to win, if you want to overcome, this is, uh, the first one is recognition. It is very hard to realise sometimes when you are going through a struggle, particularly if it's a chronic one, to get to the real root cause. This is the delusion of this generation. Rather than realising what the problem is, uh, we have a generation now that lives as victims. In other words, my marriage is not working. It's not working out for me at work. And it's everyone else's fault. And we are failing to recognise what is actually going on here. God wants us to do a radical review of our own life and where we're at with God. And this is the beginning of breakthrough. God has not called you to be a victim. I think this is a real issue because in 2020, we have moved from uh, uh, a philosophy of personal responsibility in our nation to celebrating victimhood. In fact, the victims that shout the loudest are the ones that get the reward. Well, I tell you what, that reward will only last on earth. Uh, You know, God uh, wants you to be set free from victimhood. You know, David was a victor. 
And God wants us to be a victor. He wants us to win in the important areas of life. You are not created to be a victim. You are created to live a victorious life before God and before man. You may not win every battle, but you will win the war. You may not win every battle, but you will win the war. You know, uh, if you need a bit of motivation, go and watch Rocky Four. It's fantastic after church. All right? Suggestion. Listen. A victorious spirit has been imparted in every child of God in seed form. You want to hear me say that again? A victorious spirit has been imparted to every child of God in seed form. But breakthrough begins when we face head-on, with absolute honesty, our present limitations. Now, you can blame your pastor. You can blame your teacher. You can blame your wife. You can blame your kids. You can blame your parents. There's always someone to blame. We can blame this person, that person, the government. But do you know what? This is failure to recognise the real problem. And the real problem is what we have allowed into our life. The thinking, the old patterns. You know, old patterns. Do you know what thinking patterns are? We have old patterns of thought. Because, you know, we were trained in the kingdom of darkness. And now we are citizens of heaven. You know, we are citizens of the commonwealth of God. But in our thinking, we are still back here. And we're thinking, there must be something wrong. It must be someone else. It must be the devil. You know, it's not. It is that we have failed to look internally and do a proper audit of where we're really at and to look at our own heart. Do you know what? Uh, the minute you begin to really recognise head-on what the real problem is, you can begin to turn things around. And you can access the grace to overcome. Have you ever heard of Alcoholics Anonymous? I am not a member. But some of my friends are. Okay, I just want to clear that up. So uh, in Alcoholics Anonymous, you must radically recognise your present position. And the way that the members introduce themselves is they say, I am Bill Smith and I am an alcoholic. Now, do you know why they do that? Because you cannot begin to break through until you realise what you're addicted to. You must face up. Do you know what? God's grace covers failure. God's grace covers sin. But it is not everyone else that's a problem. You've got to come to a place where you own your problem. My problem is negative thinking. My problem is fear. My problem is selfishness. You know, the minute you come to that place and you go, I have an addiction, I need help, you can begin to turn things around. It's step number one. Can I talk about this for a little bit more? Because I believe that right now we have a generation that is absolutely in denial. And denial is just one close step one step closer to delusion. And, our, you know, in our nation, I believe that God is setting it up so we are going to have one heck of a reality check. 
We really are. Because, you know, there is always a day of accountability. When you begin to look inward, when you begin to admit and own, you can begin to break through. There can be no forward movement until you face your present reality. It's not going to happen. What's covered, you know, in our life will eventually surface. And it will eventually damage what matters most. So we need to come to that place. Can I go a bit deeper than this? You know, this might just cut a little bit because I believe that God wants to touch our hearts this morning. Whatever the problem is, guess what? It's your problem. Whatever problem I have, guess whose problem it is? It's my problem. This generation is like talk to the hand. That's what they're like. Because they don't want to accept responsibility. They don't want to really do a deep reality check. But I believe that God's bringing a reality check in the nations. Man, I tell you, this is not the end of it. This is the start of it. And I, and I, uh, I believe that God is going to do his number. Uh, but you have the power to overcome. You have the power to rise in this season. You know, uh, you, could, uh, you, you just got to look at it. You could be overweight and look at yourself in the mirror and go, hey, I look good. It's denial. It's an amazing thing about people who have anorexia that they can look themselves in a mirror. And I'm not downplaying this. This is a real problem that they can look themselves in the mirror and they can go, I am too fat. Yet they're like a beanstalk. You've got to own the problem. You've got to be able to name the problem. You've got to be able to declare an attack on the problem if you want to overcome it. The problem is not your wife. The problem is not your children. The problem isn't what your teacher said way back there. All those, those things can have a powerful impact on us. We need to face up. You know, this morning you might struggle with anxiety and you think, well, anxiety is the problem. Do you know what? I want to go a bit deeper because the Lord showed me something this week and this is why I'm preaching this message because I, uh, I sort of had a bit of a half-awake type of dream and on the dream, in the dream I saw a tree but the leaves were all withered and I could sort of see things like anxiety and you know all these things were the fruit but deep down in the roots, the roots was somewhere fear had got into the person's life. And I believe that until we are prepared to deal with things at the roots, we can't move forward. We've often got to get to the root. And this generation does not do this well. Rather than accept the truth, they say, this is my truth, which is actually to believe a lie. So in amidst all this, you can say, I am a new creation. Have you uh, ever heard this, what happened on the Apollo 13 mission? And the famous words that said, where the astronauts call out and say, Houston, we have a problem. We have a spacecraft in trouble. And, and you know what? If you have a problem and you are in space, you better face the problem. And you better fix the problem because it's your life and it's your future. And I believe that it's like this, that, you know, uh, people are like, Houston, where are you? 
and people are not facing the reality. You know, you've got to see it for what it is. Australia needs to see it for what it is. This generation needs to face it for what it is, that we've departed from where God wants us. That's number one. Number two is we've got to take responsibility. I want to give you the definition of responsibility. It's the state of fact of having to deal with something. Now, once you've recognised you have a problem, you must accept responsibility for it. You've got to do something about it. You can do this. I want to say it this morning. You can do this. And I know that as I'm speaking that, you might think, but you don't know. Pastor Brian, you don't know my problems. You don't know my struggles. Well, you know, I... I, Quite likely don't, but I believe this, that God can turn anything around. We must overcome, we can overcome if we can find a mustard seed of faith to respond to God. You must realise that you do have, in fact, everything you need to change the current situation. You do. I do. We have. We can do this. You know, when we begin to take responsibility, God can move on our behalf and deliverance can take place immediately and miraculously, which is what most of us want. But generally it's over time. If you are stuck in a cycle of belief, it can stop you entering into your destiny. The Israelites came out of Egypt... Crossed over the Red Sea miraculously. We celebrated the Passover just a month ago. But they wandered in circles for 40 years. This is how so many people and so many Christians in particular fall short of their life's potential because they fail to recognise and take responsibility. Responsibility says, I'm going to do something about this. Responsibility says I'm going to do something about this. I'm going to start today. I am going to win this battle today. I am going to stand up on the inside today. I'm going to rebuild my marriage. Do you know what? If we will take responsibility rather than running away, we can turn anything around. We have stories in our church of people that have had dreadful backgrounds, but they've determined to take responsibility. Until then, you really haven't taken ownership and you risk being a casualty. Do you know what? This takes me to the story in Luke chapter 8, verse 43. It was a woman who had an infirmity. She had an issue of blood. She'd had it for 12 years. She'd been to every doctor in the land. You would forgive her for giving up, wouldn't you? You'd forgive her for quitting. But do you know what she did? She heard Jesus was nearby. And the scripture talks about how she pressed in through the crowd. She said, if I can get close to him, if I can just touch the hem of his garment, he's going to heal me. And she pressed through this crowd and I can only imagine this is this woman who was so unwell and she touched the hem of his garment. 
And in amongst the crowd, he turns around and he said, who touched me? Because he felt the power go out. That woman was healed right then. Do you know what you've got to do? You've got to push in. If you want to overcome, if you want to break through, if you want to become what God has called you to be, this is what you must do. When we don't recognize and when we don't take responsibility, the quit factor begins to rise in our life. You know, if you don't take responsibility for your marriage, then we risk quitting what God has given us to bless us. You know, you can quit your job, quit your marriage, quit the church. It just means that we haven't really looked at what's going on on the inside and taken full responsibility. We must come to the place of responsibility. The definition again, the state of fact of having to deal with something. Number three, repentance. This is a good word. Repentance. Repentance is the total change of heart, or sorry, a total change of direction that reflects a heart attitude change. It's a complete change. I once was lost, I was going this way, and then God turned me around. This is how you overcome. This is how you change it. You make a decision on the inside. I am going to choose a different path. I'm going to live my life a different way. Now, sometimes we can be stuck in patterns that have taken 40 years to get there. It's just not going to go away overnight. But do you know what? You are the only one who can change it. You are the only one who can do this. And I want to say this, and this will give you great confidence this morning, because you and God are the only majority that you need. You and God can do it. You and God can have your miracle. You and God can overcome any enemy. This is powerful. I want to say this to you this morning. Make a real choice to deal with the problem at the roots. You have the power. Stop being a victim. Stop blaming someone else. Come on, turn it around. You can do it. You can do it. I believe that. Why? Because you have God on the inside of you. Here's a couple of little fantastic examples. I don't know if you've ever heard of Peter Daniels. But Peter Daniels became one of Australia's very successful entrepreneurs in the, uh, in the 60s, 70s and 80s. And his testimony is very powerful because he described himself as a third generation housing commission dropout. And in 1957, he found himself as a 27-year-old man, a, a very foul-mouthed bricklayer at the Billy Graham crusade. And at the end of the, the service, he responded to the altar call. Peter Daniel's testimony is this. He discovered that day that God is real. And he thought, if my God, if this God is real, I can turn my life around. He went from being a third generation housing commission dropout to getting into the top 10 of Australia's 
wealth. And is now in his older age, but with his son, uh, is a bullion banker. He actually wrote a book called Miss Phillips, You Were Wrong. Because Miss Phillips was his teacher. And she used to say, Peter Daniels, you're a naughty boy and you are never going to make it. It's amazing because the front cover of Peter Daniels' book is him sitting on the bonnet of his gold Rolls Royce saying, Miss Phillips, you are wrong. It's up to you. What does God want you to do? Have you ever seen the film clips of Nick Vujicek? Born without arms or legs. One of the world's greatest motivational speakers. But he tells the story of when he was a little boy, totally disformed, that he was so depressed that he wanted to take his own life. He could not see a purpose for living. But then he and God became a partnership. And he realized that on this earth he had a mission. What's your excuse this morning? What's holding you back? from becoming the extraordinary person and the extraordinary believer that God has called you to be. Let me tell you, it's often we just haven't recognised what the problem really is. We, we haven't taken responsibility. We're still making excuses and maybe being a victim. But God has put on the inside of you and every other believer that really trusts in him, he's put a victory spirit on the inside of you that is unstoppable. And this is the gospel. Number one, recognition. Number two, responsibility. Number three, repentance. Number four, relationships. Relationships are so important, you know. Often life struggles produce generations of dysfunctional relationships. Some relationships will unlock our future and bring healing. And we need to realise this. This is why God created churches like this, in communities like this, where people can hear the truth, where people can be rebuilt, where their lives can be restored. We can have a natural future, that is prophesied by the Miss Phillips in our life, our parents who introduced us to dreadful things, or we can connect with people who can help us to connect with the God who created the heavens and the earth. I mean, you can meet God on your own, but what you've got to do is find people who can help you. This has been my approach to be teachable, and to find the Samuels in your life. You know, if you read the Old Testament, you'll find there was a man that God raised up in the temple. His name was Samuel, and there was something different about this boy. And he became like a spiritual father, and he, became, he was a prophet in the land. But he became a spiritual father to David, and he began to usher David. He anointed David to be king, and he was an amazing figure in his life. But you see these relationships in the scripture. We see Elijah guiding Elisha. We see Paul guiding Timothy. 
And you know, when we can find people in our life that are going to help us to the next level, we really have found a treasure. I have someone in my life like that. If these generals of the faith needed somebody, so do you. If these generals of the faith needed somebody, so do you. We need to relate to the right people in the right way for the right reasons. And if we do that, God will begin to bring us into our incredible destiny. Number five this morning is the renewal of the mind. And this is such a very, very powerful key. Because uh, um, Romans 12, 3 talks about not being conformed to the world, but being transformed by the renewing of our mind. I'll explain that little concept. We were in the kingdom of darkness. We may have lived 40 years there. Then we found Christ and we were translated into the kingdom of God. But our thinking is back here. Our hurts are back here. You know, the, uh, the patterns of our life we learnt back here and we've got to learn a new way. But this book has in it the patterns of a new life. And if we find leaders and mentors that can impart into us a different pattern to live, then we can begin to rise. Such a key verse. In Ephesians chapter 4, verse 23, the scripture says, talks about the renewing of the spirit of your mind. Do you know that your mind has a spirit? Or else why would it say that in the Bible? But it's like, some people call it self-talk. And you know, you can say, I'm never going to make it. I'm never going to overcome. This is just the way I am. This is my future. I was just born on the wrong side of the tracks. And you can speak this thing and it's like the spirit of your mind is prophesying over your future. But do you know what? We can learn a different way. And it is to learn what God's saying about us. And it's to hear what God's saying about us. And as our mind becomes renewed in the presence of God, and as we connect, you know, I've been talking about the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, as we begin to connect with that spirit dimension, the spirit of our mind will become renewed. And when the spirit of our mind becomes renewed, our potential before God can be fulfilled. This is how we overcome. What an amazing book the Bible is. I believe this verse in the scripture in the book of Ephesians is a pivotal verse. We have the old man, the way we were, you know, our past. And then now we are a new creation. God has made us a new man. I'm a new creation. I'm a son of God. But we can't really live as a new creation and as a son of God. We can't really love the way that God wants us to love. We can't be loved the way that God wants us to love until the spirit of our mind has changed. It comes from walking with God, walking with his people. It comes from connecting with the right people in the right way for the right reasons. You can't maintain your victory if you don't put in your hard work. 
I don't think that Peter Daniels rose into uh, uh, being amongst Australia's top businessmen by just continuing to do life the way he did. Something changed on the inside. Something changed in the way he thinks. It's more than reading the Bible. This is a spiritual thing. This is an impartation into our life that changes the way that we think and the way that we respond and the way that we live. Because your whole concept of God often needs to be rebuilt. Can I say this to you this morning? Don't be a victim. Don't let your adversary win over you. Don't sabotage your own future by failing to take responsibility. Do the hard work because the benefits are going to be incredible. Don't complain. Get to work because God has got a great future for you. Incredible. If you change the way you think, you'll change the way that you live. Now listen to this. All patterns die hard. All patterns die hard. And Jesus, at the end of his earthly walk, laid his life down for us on the cross. And this is what we must do with the old patterns of our life. They must too go on the cross. Because Jesus on the cross, the Bible says, became sin so that we could become the righteousness of God. Every area of failure that is chronic in your life, every area where you have not been able to rise up and win, I want you to think about this. That needs to go on the cross. If it's anxiety, if it's chronic depression, if it's habits that you're struggling to deal with, if it's chronic failure in your marriage or your relationships, you need to take the old pattern and nail it to the cross, put it to death and build a new pattern into your life. This is how we overcome. This is how we win. The last point I want to bring you this morning is uh, revelation. I'll just go to Ephesians chapter 3. I love the, poor, the prayers of the Apostle Paul. He says, For this reason I bow my knees to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might through his Spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, and that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and length and depth and height, to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. How's that? Here's a couple of things that you need some revelation about. Who Christ is. Who he really is. We need revelation of what he has done for us. 
We need a powerful revelation of who Christ is in us. And we need a revelation of who you are in Christ. And I believe these will be the focus of future messages. You know, the most important thing is, do you know him? Do you know Christ? Do you know him? If you know him, I want you to know that he has called you to overcome. This morning there might be people who are listening for the, for the very first time and, uh, or maybe you've been listening over the last couple of weeks and you've been thinking about where am I with God? I want to ask you that, this, that question this morning. Where are you at with God? Because this is the most important in your life that you must answer. And I want to help you with that this morning. I believe that... Uh, our life has been created to be a temple of the Holy Spirit. I mentioned that during the message. And God wants to come and live on the inside. In Revelation chapter uh, 3, verse 20, Jesus said, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. It's talking about the door of our life. And if any man opens the door, I'll come in and I'll live in him. I'm inviting you this morning. I believe that this morning that God is knocking on the door of your life. Would you open that door and let him in? If you would really like to respond to God this morning, I'd really like you to stand where you are, in your lounge room, in your kitchen, wherever you are, and pray this prayer after me. It could be the most powerful prayer that you ever pray in your life. Dear Heavenly Father, I come to you in prayer asking for the forgiveness of my sins. I confess with my mouth and believe with my heart that Jesus is your son and that he died for me on the cross at Calvary that I might be forgiven and have eternal life in the kingdom of God. Father, I believe that Jesus rose from the dead. And I ask right now that you would come into my life and be my personal Lord and Saviour. I repent of my sins and will follow you all the days of my life. Because your word is truth, I confess with my mouth and believe in my heart that you are Lord. I am born again and cleansed by the blood of Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I really want to thank you once again for joining us this morning. And... Uh, I'd like to uh, welcome you to connect with our church in some way, uh, wherever you are, whether you're in uh, our city here in Sale or Gippsland, or whether you're from another state or even overseas. If you prayed that prayer this morning, we would really like to be able to help you to understand how you can get to know God better. And uh, you can make contact with us through our website 
and we'd be more than happy to assist you in any way that you can. If you live nearby, you're welcome to come along to our church uh, or one of the other churches that we are connected with in Sale or Gippsland. Uh, or even if you're overseas, we'd like to find somewhere where you can go and fellowship so that you can grow in your faith. God bless you and have a wonderful week.